1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is opponent Wednesday. Greg Amon from the Tampa Bay Times is on the show to talk about all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not a very good Buccaneers team. They're 4-7 and on the season, but Jameis Winston could be back this Sunday after about a month-long absence due to injury, and Greg and I talk about that on the show. Before we get to that, there is some Aaron Rodgers-related news. There's a chance Rodgers could return to practice by the end of the week. It'll be about the six-week mark. Mike McCarthy downplayed it a little bit and said there's a schedule for all the guys on IR and and we're not worried about it. We're worried about winning our game against Tampa Bay and with the guys that are on our roster. And that's that's what Mike McCarthy is supposed to do. But it is hard for the average Packer fan to look at this and not get excited because they should beat the four and seven Buccaneers. They should beat the Ofer Browns. And if Rodgers can come back for week 15 then then the season is all out in front of them as Brett Hundley said this week in his in a press conference. Let's not go nuts. But Rodgers has been ahead of schedule on this. He has come back sooner than I thought he would, sooner than I think most reasonable observers thought that he could or should. And whether it's the plates or this is the surgery helped or They're not taking all these x-rays and slowing the healing process. Who knows? But it seems like he's on the right track. He is on the track to play when he is available to play, which is the the shortest possible timeline in this case. Now, speaking of playing, it's very clear Morgan Burnett was a key cog to this defense. Although they didn't play well with Burnett on Sunday, he played 99% of snaps. The Packers are going to pay Morgan Burnett. He is going to stay on this team. The safety that I didn't think played enough was Josh Jones. He played 35% of snaps, and I understand that he was brought in to be the dime linebacker, quasi-hybrid safety. And Morgan Burnett was supposed to be the nitro backer, and the Packers have gotten away a little bit from the nitro backer stuff with Morgan Burnett being out. And against Pittsburgh, they played a lot of Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan played 70% of snaps. And I just, I don't think that's the way that you need to play. I just, Jake Ryan is not athletic enough. And most teams can't run the ball well enough to make you pay for playing Jones. I want to see Jones and Burnett on the field at the same time. The safeties on this team, Zach Cruz and I were talking about this on Twitter yesterday. The safeties on this team just haven't played well enough. This was supposed to be a strength for the Packers, and it has not only not been a strength, it has been a weakness. Haha, Clinton Dix has regressed for reasons that are unclear. Morgan Burnett's been hurt, and Josh Jones has been a rookie. And so I think part of this falls on the shoulders of Dom Capers. He has been soft all season, and really his entire career with the way that he's played his safeties. And it didn't matter when it was Nick Collins, because he would freelance a little bit, and he would... He was fast enough and instinctive enough to make plays. Clinton Dix is not that kind of athlete. Morgan Burnett, not that kind of athlete. Josh Jones is that kind of athlete, but he's not hes not ideally suited to be the deep safety who's rangy and making, making instinctive reactionary plays as a rookie. Maybe eventually down the line, that's something you want him to do, but I, I don't even think that's the case. I think this is... A player that you want near the line of scrimmage, you want him in man coverage, you want him blitzing, you want him defending the run, you want him doing all sorts of things in the box. And then if you want to play too deep behind, go ahead. Josh Jones should be the other linebacker next to Blake Martinez when they are in a traditional two-linebacker nickel situation. That's just that's just what it should be. The one other interesting snap notice that I want to make is Ahmad Brooks played 65% of snaps on Sunday. And that's why you bring him in. That's why you sign a veteran player. Because he can come in and give you quality snaps. Which is exactly what he did. He didn't do a ton. He made some plays in the run game. He got some pressure. He exerted some force. And that's what you want from a backup outside linebacker. A rotation pass rusher for Dom Capers. Even Kyler Fackrell did some nice things in this game. Against the Steelers. So... It's not all bad, I guess. Is is this is all a long way of saying as this team gets healthy, if Clay Matthews gets ba- gets back, they can start to play better football. You hope. Kenny Clark is apparently getting close. If he doesn't play this week, he could play next week, and that would be that would be important in a game where the Browns are going to want to run the ball more than Tampa Bay, as we as you'll hear with with Greg. The Buccaneers are not going to run the ball a lot. Doug Martin has been bad this year. So that's not something that you really have to worry about. Before we get to Greg Allman, I want to tell you about a really cool thing we're doing here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and that is a partnership with Draft. Our listeners right now sign up for a snake draft. It is so much easier. Your odds are winning are 80% better than the salary cap sites. And on the network, all new players get a free entry into a real money drafts when you make your first deposit. If you use the promo code LONFL, you're going to play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL. And Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're offering a money back guarantee up to $100 with that first deposit. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play right now for free with the promo code L O N F L. Greg Alman follows the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFL for the Tampa Bay Times. He is on Twitter at Greg Alman A U M A N. He also hosts the Cannon Fodder podcast. Greg, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to be on with you. Hope you're doing well. I am. Um, let's let's start with the Buccaneers a, a little bit at the beginning of the season because this was a team that came in with a lot of of dark horse talk that this was going to be a much improved team over last year. And I, I guess my my first question is: Did you see what? others saw in terms of a much improved team that that could take the next step because clearly they haven't done that.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I thought this is a team that that could be better than last year when they were 9 and 7. And, and I I guess was concerned about the schedule just cuz it always was a daunting schedule with a lot of good teams uh and a lot of good quarterbacks on it. So uh yeah, I mean I would have thought this was either a 9 and 7 or a 10 and 6 team I thought they'd be right in the thick for for a wild card. I, I didn't really think they would uh, win the division. I, I don't know that I expected the, the Saints and Panthers to be the two at the top right now. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, no, I think like most people, I thought they'd be improved and in a position to uh, to get a playoff for the first time in, you know, nine, ten years. But, uh, yeah, it just you know it hasn't been there for a lot of reasons. And I, I think it probably starts with Jameis Winston being hurt. And, you know, you sure. get a 2 and one start. And then your quarterback gets hurt. And for a lot of teams, once that happens, everything else kind of goes out the window. They haven't been nearly uh, the defense they've needed to be, too.
1: Yeah, and and how much, I mean, this is sort of impossible to know, but the the situation with the the storms and the bye week, I mean, not playing week one and then having to play 15 straight, when maybe one of those games is a game that Jameis Winston could have sat a week, and, and now you're another game behind? I mean, this was there's some weirdness in this season, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't put too much. I mean, they would have played the first ten games of the season in a row, right. whether they had that bye or not. <laughs> so, so whether Jameis gets hurt in Week 4 or not probably didn't have much to do with Hurricane Irma. But uh, it did kind of start the season off on an odd note. Uh, I think, again, I mean, Miami is a game they won in Week 11— had they had that win in Week 1, if they're 3-1 and one to start the year, that's a different kind of momentum. Um, but, again, it's one of those where this defense is a, is not a playoff team defense, right? and I don't know that any level of hurricane or, or not hurricane would have changed that. So, uh, you know, set things off on an odd note. And, and again, playing 16 games in a row, they're, they're dinged up the way a team that, that hasn't had a bye since Week 1 would be right now. Uh, and that's where they're probably feeling it the most is, is just the, the physical – wear and tear of playing right now uh, 11 games in a row
1: has there been I mean the disappointment part of it I think has probably been nationally the biggest storyline for for casual fans certainly for my audience but is there something that that we're missing that we're not seeing that that maybe is has gone a little bit under the radar in terms of something that has been important whether it's a player progressing in an important way or coaching or, or something of that nature
0: yeah i mean there's there's probably five different things I would point to. I mean, I think most people, in terms of the confidence they had in this team, pointed to the defense and right. the progress they made in the second half of last year with Mike Smith and understanding his scheme, you know they had a five win five game win streak in the second half of last season, mm-hmm. and the defense was really a big part of that And I think there was understandably the expectation that they could start this year where they finished off last year in terms of guys being on the same page, understanding where to be how to play this defense the way Mike Smith wants it. And unfortunately, and then for whatever reason, with largely the same personnel, they've regressed in a bad way. Um, this was the number one defense in the NFL on third downs last year, and they're the absolute worst defense in the NFL on third downs now. Wow. Uh, they're giving up 49% conversions, which would be the highest in Bucks history. Uh, that's a lot of bad defenses yeah. that are worse then. And, uh, and even offensively, I mean, Jameis Winston probably wasn't as sharp as they would have liked even before he got hurt. Uh, The run game has not been there at all, you know, for all the talk in the offseason about potentially drafting a running back. You know, they they trusted that Doug Martin would get back to the form he had. And I think uh, there's a lot more to why they haven't been a good running team than Doug Martin. Uh, But, I mean, he again, as he was last year, is statistically one of the worst backs in the NFL.
1: Yeah, Tampa Bay, not a good red zone defense either. They're they're a little bit below middle of the pack. So if you're a bad third down defense and a bad red zone defense, you're going to be a bad defense. And and Packer fans know that uh, as well as anybody. O- offensively, there was supposed to be another, you know, aside from Jameis Winston potentially taking a step, and you mentioned that he hasn't been healthy, hasn't been as sharp as, as expectations were for him. But Mike Evans... It seemed like he had ascended to this mantle of one of the elite guys in the league. You bring in Deshaun Jackson, you draft O.J. Howard, and it's like, okay, let's go. And we haven't really seen that from this offense.
0: No, no. They're, they're not in any way right now statistically better than they were a year ago. Anyway, the expectation was, wow, this embarrassment of riches. How are they going to keep all these people busy with all these targets downfield? Uh, you know, Mike Evans you know, hasn't had a touchdown in the last four games, hasn't had a 100-yard game all year. Deshaun Jackson has the lowest average per catch in his career, um, has not connected on the deep ball. I mean, the whole idea of bringing Deshaun Jackson here is that he would be uh, the guy that would stretch defenses and, and be the deep ball that they've sorely lacked. And he really hasn't been that. Uh, for whatever reason, whether it's Winston or Fitzpatrick, they have not been able to get their timing and, and rhythm down to be any kind of effective deep ball team. Um, you know, O.J. Howard's had moments. He's got four touchdowns. So, I mean, you don't, you don't want to discount what O.J. Howard has done but he's been uneven. even um, had two touchdowns in one game, you know, went a full month without really doing much of anything at the start of the year, So they like him. I think he'll definitely be a big part of their future. Um, but a lot of Howard's production has kind of just come at the expense of what Cam Braid did last year. Um, Cam Braid came out the gates and had touchdowns in four games in a row. Looked like he's going to be a lot like last year when he tied to the NFL lead in touchdown. And he's basically disappeared in the last month. I mean, he has four catches total in the last four games, no touchdowns, thirty-seven yards in four games. So, offensively, again, I think some of it's that the line hasn't been as good as they want. Um, they're dealing with multiple issues at quarterback, obviously. Uh, but no, this this hasn't been the step forward that they had hoped it would be.
1: We'll get back to Greg in just a second, but I want to remind you to check out Locked On Bucks this week. The Buccaneers, not just the Bucks. Check out both the, the Locked On Buccaneers podcast. And the Locked On Bucks podcast. We are now in full NBA swing. LeBron James got ejected last night. The NBA is really, really fun. And if you're struggling with this Packers season, the NBA is a great way to sublimate some of your rage for this season. But also, the Locked On Bucks, meaning the Locked On Buccaneers podcast for the Tampa Bay perspective on this week. And you should always keep it Locked On Bucks. Locked on NBA and locked on NFL. All right, back to the interview. It sounded like you were describing a rookie tight end. So I think we yeah. had been a little bit too too quick to point out like, oh, what an impact player he could be. When when tight end is it is a really tough position for rookies to play because you have to know the blocking schemes, you have to know the routes, you have to know a lot and more than most rookies have to handle. So from that standpoint. Yeah, we had
0: done that. And actually, back in the summer, had looked at, you know, your your first-round draft picks over the last 10, 15 years. And anything more than about 400 yards is a great rookie year for a, a rookie tight end. I mean, his four touchdowns are going to put him among the best in the last decade. I mean, Hunter Henry yeah. had a great number last year. Obviously, you have the, the Gronkowskis and such that are, are complete outliers. Right. But no, for the most part, he, he's kind of been, overall, uh, what you'd hope, a rookie tight end would be and, and just will continue to grow. But again, it just, on aggregate, their offense hasn't taken the step forward they needed it to be.
1: What's the latest with Jameis Winston and his health?
0: Um, He will practice on Wednesday.
1: Um, You know, took three weeks off.
0: Um, you know, had played through injury for basically three and a half games. Um, and had modest success at times. Second half against Buffalo, had a great half but most of the time was not efficient was not moving the offense consistently so they shut it down uh, Fitzpatrick has played well in the last three games or two and one you know with a 34 year old backup quarterback uh, but no the plan was uh, he got evaluated yesterday uh, they kind of put him through some rehab work if he's not sore today uh, he'll take all the reps tomorrow with the plan of him uh, playing a Lambo on Sunday
1: And so if you're if you're the Packers defense, how what is the most effective way to attack this this Buccaneers offense? And and I guess vice versa. How do you think they will attack this Packers defense with Jameis Winston?
0: Yeah, I mean, the offensive line um, has not been able to establish the run consistently at all. Um, Doug Martin's in concussion protocol, so they probably won't have their starting running back. I don't know that that really hurts them from a production standpoint, just because the backups have probably outperformed Doug for the most part, um, didn't do much Sunday. Uh, I mean, they were able to, you know, play with Atlanta, but I mean, Peyton Barber as a backup had, I think five carries for seven yards. Uh, Jacquez Rogers had maybe eight for 31, which isn't too bad, but between the two of them. Um, you know, they're going to try. They're going to try and establish the run first and foremost. Um, They're going to run on first and second down and try and set up reasonable third down passing situations. But again, I mean, Mike Evans has been inconsistent, uh, missed on two touchdown balls in Atlanta that he probably could have caught. Deshaun Jackson had eight catches on Sunday, but only for 60 yards, which is like the lowest average he's had in any game in his career when he's had that many catches. Uh, So no, I mean, I think Green Bay... Um, you know, I think green Bay probably is playing with a little bit more confidence after what they did Sunday night. Um, you know, the bucks are not a team that can get to the quarterback very well. So, um, they've played a ton of veteran quarterbacks. I think they've had five or six games against the the 35 plus crowd, whether it's Eli or Brady or Carson Palmer or all these types. So to get to a young guy who's only making whatever his fifth or sixth career start, Mm -hmm. um, that's that's been the exception. They've been getting a lot of, you know, veteran season quarterbacks. And, and the problem is that if if the pass rush isn't getting there, these experienced quarterbacks have been able to pick apart the zone defense and, and find the themes. Um I think they've had four games this year where opponents have had a quarterback rating of one twenty five or higher, uh, which is you know, tops in the league. Yeah. Um they're dead last in pass defense, dead last in total defense, dead last in third down. So uh, you know, it's a game where, I mean, it's outdoors, which is what I would say would help because they've had four terrible games on the road in domes. So the fact that it's outdoors, even though you wouldn't normally say that about Green Bay in December, is actually probably <laughs> an advantage for them just because it's not a dome and they've really struggled in these dome games on the road. So, uh, you know, right now I go in, just, there's so much wrong with his defense that it's hard to think about them holding Green Bay to under 24, 27 points. Um, you know, I mean the Falcons are our better offense by all means. But I mean the Falcons went eleven of fourteen on third down. Wow. Which is matches matches the best of any team in any game this season. Um you know, Julio Jones is obviously one of the better receivers in the league. But I mean Julio had twelve for two fifty three. Um
1: <laughs> yeah, he, was inc- kind of he was incredible, game. yeah.
0: Yeah, so you go in thinking, okay, you know, they don't want their best you know, you don't want to get beat by what they do best. And and they uh, they kind of took a a different approach to julio than most teams do um but and trying a lot of different things all of which didn't work so i'll be curious to see um you know i think the quarterback's not nearly as dangerous but you think about the receivers they line up with on sunday in green bay packers present a lot of problems so uh big challenge for this defense try and get back and play close to the level uh of where they want to be
1: Yeah. Do you? Do I mean it's early in the week still? So do you without without making you have you know have a prediction without knowing about what the situation is going to be health wise with everyone? Just give me your your initial feel for how the game is going to go. Right now, there's there's a ton of injuries, and I think that that's probably the biggest
0: dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Getting Winston back, you would think would give them more of a chance just to outscore the Packers, if you will. Um, Mm Hmm. But we don't know. Is he going to come back and play like James Winston in week one? Or is he going to play like a guy that hasn't played in four weeks and wasn't playing all that well when he did? So Winston is probably the single biggest wild card in this, It's just not knowing what he's capable of coming back to in his first game back from injury. If he is, in fact, healthy and has kind of the fresh legs of having no practice for three weeks, um, and maybe they can keep up. them. right now I tend to think this is a game that the Packers probably win uh, about thirty-one to twenty, or something like that. Like, like win fairly easily. Um, you know, this this Bucks offense has been terrible in the first half. Um, they they haven't scored a touchdown in the first half of six of their last seven games. Um, it's like they had a good game in Miami two weeks ago, and they had twenty points in the first half. But in their other six games, they had nineteen points total in the first half of those six games. Wow. So what happens is that that digs a big hole. Uh, you have no chance to have any kind of run game in the second half if you're playing, you know, two touchdowns down. Um, so they've actually put up a decent amount of yards in these comeback attempts trying to stay with teams on the road, um, but have, you know, have come up short. This was a good road team a year ago, and they really haven't been this year. So um, there's, a, like I said, a ton of injury injury questions. They have four guys in the injury in concussion protocol. There's another four that either missed the game Sunday or left the game with injury. Three of their starting five offensive linemen left the game with injury and came back. So wow. there's literally probably about 10 guys that are question marks from an injury standpoint. And even if they had you know half of them, they'd be operating pretty shorthanded in Green Bay. And that's not a place you want to go at less than full strength.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to hear you talk about the the defense facing... Uh, a younger quarterback as opposed to a longtime veteran. And and on the other side, Brett Hundley has only played above average by the numbers defenses in his starts this season. So this will be the first, not only sub average defense, but the first, you know, bottom tier defense that right. he's played. So it's sort of, um, you know, one team feels like they're getting a reprieve and so does the other in this case. So um, that'll be right. an interesting dynamic to see uh, how that plays out on Sunday. Greg, uh, tell my audience where they can find more of your work.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, main thing is tampabay.com. That's the website for the Tampa Bay Times. Um, we got a podcast there uh, every weekday. Uh, lots of stories, obviously. I'm on Twitter, just at my name, at Greg Allman, G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N. And thanks again for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. I want to thank Greg again for joining Locked On Packers. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Greg Aumann. fodder podcast, Tampa Bay Times. It's all there for you this week, especially. Tampa Bay used to be a common opponent when they used to be in the old NFC Central. It's now the NFC North, which means a team in Tampa cannot be in the NFC North. So, um, the, the in fact, Tampa Bay has only gone... To Lambeau Field twice in the last 15 years. That seems impossible. But it's true. They've only been to Lambeau twice in the last 15 years, and they've lost 14 of the last 15 games on the road against Green Bay. This is I'm I'm stealing this right from Greg's Twitter feed, by the way. So hat tip to him for these stats. Another, another great nugget from his Twitter feed. Temperature for the Packers. Expected to be 42 degrees in Green Bay. The Buccaneers are 1-10 in 10 all time when it's 48 or colder at kickoff. 6-8 when it's 49 or warmer. So that is, a historically speaking, a bad omen. Brought to you by Greg Omen. See what I did there? All right, next two days, we're going to get you updated on the latest injury information. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers stuff doesn't matter for this week specifically because he can't play. He can't play this week. He can't play next week. So it doesn't matter for this week. He's not going to help anyone beat the Buccaneers, although I did float the idea. It came out that that Sean McVay was feeding audibles to Jared Goff in his helmet because that communication system doesn't get cut off until the 15-second mark on the playcock. And I thought I'd mentioned this to Jason Hirschhorn a couple weeks ago. I said, you know, why don't, they, why don't they run a lot of what college teams do And that is, you line up, you look to the sidelines, and the sideline gives you hand signals for audibles. Well, why not line up and let Rodgers look at what's going on, stay engaged in the game, and relay some hand signals to Brett Humphrey? Why not? Now, Mike McCarthy's never gonna do it, but why not? I think it'd be fun. I think it could work, frankly. And I'm surprised more teams don't do it. The fact that this seems revolutionary that Sean McVay would, would give some audibles, that they, because they get to the line right away. They go, essentially, tempo every time the coach, they get lined up and the coach says, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. And the quarterback can spend less time trying to figure out what's going on with the defenses and more time figuring out where he's going to put the ball. It's, it's a brilliant move, I think. And I'm surprised more teams haven't done it. Packers aren't going to do it. So, sort of irrelevant for this podcast, but an interesting factoid nonetheless. We'll break down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in more depth tomorrow. We're going to go deep into that roster, what they look like, where the matchups are, where the weaknesses are, where the strengths are. And then Friday, we'll give you an update podcast with injuries and everything you need to know to get set for Sunday in a critical game for the Green Bay Packers. Their playoff hopes are on life support. They are hanging by a thread, whatever metaphor you want to use. But they are still alive, and you can't win five in a row unless you win one in a row. So they have to win on Sunday. We'll see if they do. And you need to stay locked on Packers.